All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's leading. To the line, Hughes scores! Here, like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wednesday. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of Canucks Conversation presented by the great folks at Parallel 49 Brewing. My name is Chris Faber and thank you for joining us this week for episode 75, which should be a celebratory episode because episode 75 feels like a cool number. Uh, joining me now is my co-host David Quadrelli. Quads, what do you think about the whole episode 75 thing? That should be one that we should celebrate, I feel like. Yeah, any multiple of five is a big deal. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 75 just feels like... It feels like the number like before 100 that's like the coolest number before 100, I think. Man, our episode 100, I, we haven't talked about it yet, but we're going to have to do something really special. Dude, yeah, I know. I was doing like huge episodes before you came on of like five, six hours. Episode 100 might have to be like, I don't even know what to do, man. We could do like 20 interviews. How's that sound? Oh, man. Well, you know, we got close to that this week when we were <laughs> keeping up with the media. You know, yeah. that was a lot of fun. And if we put that into one episode, that would have been crazy. That's pretty damn close. Yeah. I mean, uh, why don't you talk about that a little bit? It was your idea. It came together pretty well. We got our five interviews out this week, and uh, it was a lot of fun, I thought. Oh, for sure. Like, when we had, when, well, I guess, you know, not to toot my own horn, but when I had that idea, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> and originally, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe we can put this in one episode. Maybe people will enjoy that. They can skip to whatever interview they like. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if we split it up, then people can listen to what they want to listen to, and they, you know, they get an episode each week for all the people that are, like, diehard listeners of ours, the five of you that are out there that mm-hmm. listen to every episode we put out, <laughs> you know. Um, we thought about them, and, you know, that that made sense to put it out each week. Everybody, you know, people are still working, right? So, Put it out at 5 a.m. People are commuting to work, whatever they're doing. Just wanted to give you guys content all throughout the week. It went pretty well, I think, you know, and it was it was weird not being with you, Chris, uh, behind the mic, and it was just kind of us solo. But I think we both did a pretty good job uh, on our own. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Obviously, we started off with a kicked it off with a bang with Dan Murphy on Monday, followed that up with Justin Morissette on Tuesday, uh, got to Thomas Drantz on Wednesday, and then we wrapped it up with Rob Williams on Thursday, and then you talked with PJ, which I haven't listened to the episode yet because uh, I'll let people know we're recording this Friday afternoon, but you guys talked about uh, Burnaby and cooking for the whole episode, I'm assuming? Burnaby and cooking, yes. It was, uh, it was a fun one. We were talking... Um... On the side, we might have to start a cooking podcast that competes yeah. with uh, Jay Patton Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty close. One. Did you think? Uh, did you think Wyatt was going to pull out the Canucks Twitter March Madness over Jay Pat? Because I think a lot of people going into the tournament had Jay Pat winning this whole thing. Yeah, no. Like originally when it started, I uh, I didn't think that Wyatt would beat Jay Pat if they matched up. But then I start seeing Wyatt's videos that he's putting out, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, Wyatt's winning this whole thing. Like. Bobby Lou is basically like I don't I don't know what to equate him to, but he has so much. No, you know what? You, do you watch the Marvel movies at all? Not at all. Okay, do you know who Thanos is? Yes, I know who Thanos is. Snap Bobby his fingers. Bobby Lou is Thanos. He can like retweet the tweet, say "Vote for me," and this tournament is his. Wyatt doesn't have <laughs> that kind of pull, so we need all the Canucks fans to vote for Wyatt because. Luongo works for the Panthers, okay? Yeah. He should not be winning Canucks Twitter March Madness. I don't want to see him win this at all. No. Yeah, I know. And, and The Athletic just released, uh, which is funny because that's where Wyatt works. And The Athletic just released uh, an article that was like the top 50 people you should follow on Twitter in hockey Twitter. And uh, Roberto Luongo is in there, but Wyatt, who happens to write for The Athletic, wasn't on there. So now I'm kind of worried, you know? Like, there's a lot of people that follow him. And, and we saw what happened to Harmon. Harmon had a, a pretty decent lead. And then he gets a yeah, DM from did. Luongo. And uh, he just tells him, like, sorry, man, I'm going to take this. And he just runs through him right after I that. Know. 
I know literally Luongo knows what power he has. And that was hilarious. Yeah. Like he DMs Harmon and he, he was like, both of us were shit in the bed in 2011. One was in <laughs> diapers, one was in the playoffs. That was a great tweet. Yeah, no, that was, that was pretty well done. I mean, you know, the, the, the Canucks Twitter March Madness has been a lot of fun. And the finale, I think like the fact, the way that it's set up this way, that it is Wyatt against uh, Luongo and why it's been, you know, having some of the best campaigns out there for, you know, everybody in this tournament. So the fact that he's going to bring some heat for this next little bit, uh, it's a nice way to, you know, have like, it, it's not a sport, but it has like that sport feeling to it, you know, because we're talking about guys that write or tweet about the Vancouver Canucks or the sport. And there's a little bit of a competition behind it. Like it feels like a sport almost like it's the closest thing we have right now. It feels like, Oh, for sure. And that's why it's so fun, right? It's like everybody's invested into this and yeah. <laughs> no one more than Wyatt. Wyatt's like, Wyatt's campaign is awesome. I, I love it. Like, fake DMs from Rob, like, <laughs> the video with Bowman. I mean, uh, Thomas Drance's renter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not Bowman. Uh, no, but definitely not Bowman. No, I, I think it's, it's been a good distraction for everyone to kind of, you know, get away from the social distancing and the quarantine stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, Canucks Twitter is a good place for that kind of stuff. But um, some other stuff that's been going on, uh, the Vancouver Canucks been keeping up with their Zoom calls. Uh, you talked to JT Miller last week. And this week you had some fun with Tanner Pearson, didn't you? Should I tell the Krusty Krab story? This That's could what be you got to do. This point of people <laughs> listening to the podcast. Okay, I'll yep. tell the Krusty Krab story. I feel bad. It's so unprofessional. Like, oh, man. Okay, anyways. All right. Fudge. I said fudge. Here it yep. is. Okay. So, uh, Tanner Pearson Zoom call with, the with like, the media on, what was it, Wednesday? I think so. Wednesday. Um... <laughs> I didn't try not to swear because literally this whole that whole morning was just filled with damn I can't believe I did that but I didn't say damn I was I was like I anyways anyways here's the story sorry okay it's embarrassing so I wake up way too late zoom calls at 10 I'm up at 9 58 getting dressed okay like I was getting ready for the zoom call like as the zoom call was happening. Okay. It was a bad, bad move, bad move. But I had a really late night the night before. couldn't fall asleep. I was like, okay, I don't want to, you know, give up sleep. So I'm going to just try and get as much sleep as possible. Slept through an alarm, woke up at nine fifty eight. That was like my emergency alarm. Like, okay, look at the, look at the clock. Like if you're not up by then you got to hurry. So I'm getting up, getting dressed and I didn't join my video last time. So I, uh, I joined on my phone on zoom and I'm like getting dressed and I have my my phone pointed at the ceiling but i'm in the call so ben brown the canucks media guy um our pr guy rather and all the other guys whatever are in the call okay and uh i'm getting dressed and my phone's pointing at the ceiling video's not on okay uh <laughs> i get uh i get a little thing on my screen that says the host ben brown would like you to turn on your video i'm like okay no problem i just turn it on kept my thing pointed at the ceiling it wasn't going to be on me because i'm still not dressed at this point so i'm like okay fuck frig sorry whatever turn it on i hit uh i hit i hit um i hit yes turn on video okay i took his request <laughs> my virtual background from when i was messing around with my friends on zoom the other night was the crusty crab and it had squidward sitting at the cash register sleeping and i wasn't in the shot so i flashed the crusty crab at everybody but here's the kicker. I didn't catch it right away because I was I hit accept video, turned around and kept getting dressed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I hear somebody like giggle. I had my AirPods in, okay? And I'm like, "Oh, I wonder what they're laughing about." So I turn around and the 
Krusty Krab is on my screen, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing? Like, I'm, I'm broadcasting the Krusty Krab on here, so I quickly turned that off, hoped nobody else noticed. I don't know who it was that laughed. I, like, I think it... I don't know. I don't know who it was. I'm not even going to speculate, but um, there was, like, 20 people in this call. So I just, like, quickly turned it off, and, like, Drance, didn't, Drance was in the call. He didn't message me and say hey, like, the Krusty Krab was on your screen. So I don't think he saw it. I didn't ask him if he saw it. But, like, I was freaking out. And then I, like, you know, I messaged PJ, Patrick Johnson. I was, like, I told him what happened. I'm, like, yeah, I don't even have a question. And then I was, and then he's, like, no, ask a question. Don't be that guy who doesn't ask a question. I'm, like, huh, that's a great way of looking at it. Like, I don't want to be the guy who joins, flashes the Krusty Krab, and then doesn't ask a question and just, like, lurks <laughs> in the call. So I, like, I did ask a question near the end. But, uh that was quite a morning, and then afterward, I was like, um, I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. So, you know, we'll see if they send me another invite to a Zoom call. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it, so far we're two for two. They had JT Miller and Pearson. I got invited to both of those. So, hopefully, we go three for three, and this time I'll be much more responsible with my virtual background on Zoom. Yeah, you got to have something like the Tiger King in the background or something different. You can't be having the childish Krusty Krab back there, Quads. Jeez, that'd be even worse, <laughs> that Joe Exotic right there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I still haven't watched that show, by the way. See, you haven't watched it yet. That, that's fine. I know I'm, i got to get you the Netflix password for sure to get you involved in there. But, yeah, no, pretty uh, pretty awesome story. And it's pretty cool that they are doing these Zoom calls. And the fact that they're, you know, putting them out on YouTube after is kind of fun because you can watch from the back. And, and I did go and I watched the video from start to finish. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if Tanner Pearson might have seen it because... Because, like, at the very start, he's just, like, laughing at nothing. So, oh, if you're no, included in really? there in that video. Uh, and they ended up, like, using that, like, of him, like, smiling at the very start as, like, the thumbnail. So, I was what I was thinking, like, after I heard the story from you. Oh, no. uh, I was like, wow, maybe this is, uh, maybe that was quads right <laughs> off the bat. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty good stuff. But it's cool that the Canucks are going out and doing these Zoom calls. Like, I don't know if you saw what the St. Louis Blues did uh, the other day where they had, like, pretty much their whole team in on a Zoom call with, like, Jim Hewson. Which was kind of cool yes. to see. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Man, mm-hmm. I can't believe... Oh, you know what? It did happen right before we started, so you might be right. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, they don't show the reporter's video, because... Uh... Cause I, you know, I got dressed and then I messaged, or you know, when you when you want to ask a question, you just message uh, Ben and you say, "Hey, I have a question." So I told him I was, I was like, "I have a question. Do you want me to turn on my video?" He's like, "Video's up to you." Uh, and I messaged back. I was like, "Oh, I was having trouble with it earlier, so I might not." But I didn't tell him like, "Yeah, my trouble equated to uh, flashing the crusty crab at everybody." So <laughs> I, um, yeah, that was that was something else, but. Uh, yeah, you know what? You you just have to like laugh about it, I guess. There's not much else I can do now. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully they either get a kick out of it, think I was trying to make everybody happy, and get a give everybody a laugh during this tough time. Uh, if anybody asks, that's exactly what I was doing. It was definitely intentional. Most definitely. All right, let's uh, let's move on to. I mean, we want to talk a little bit about some Canuck stuff that's going on right now. Uh, it's not really going on right now, but it's something to discuss for next season because I mean, we're getting to that point right now where you know things aren't getting much better, much quicker, and uh, I'm starting to worry about this season as a whole. But I, I want to talk a little bit about Ole Olevi. Um, you know, we've been talking about him a little bit over on Twitter the past couple days. Uh, his season this past year, he played in 45 games for the Comets, uh, 25 points, two goals, 23 assists. Uh, I'm curious what you think Ole Levy is going to look like next year at training camp because that's going to be, 
you know, if we thought this year's training camp was a huge deal for him, I remember being there and seeing that, you know, his knee was pretty sore after some skates. He couldn't do certain stretches, it looked like, after some of the uh, conditioning that they had to do. He didn't look great at that point, and that was, you know, coming off of an injury season. But now, uh, his agents come out and talked about that he will be 100% healthy for training camp next year and the next season that's coming up. So what do you kind of expect if if we do get a 100% healthy Ole Levy? Does he have a chance of actually making this Canucks team? I think he has a chance, but it depends what they do in the offseason. There's a lot of talk of people people uh, really wanting Nikita Triamkin back. And, you know, you and I have both given our opinions on that. I do believe that Ollie Levy's ahead of Nikita Triamkin on the Canucks depth chart. And, yes, they both play the left side despite Triamkin being right-handed. Um, so they'd be going essentially for the same spot. Um, you know, maybe Triamkin... Well, Triamkin's in... left-handed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd Sorry. you get that Whoa. from? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, what did I just say? Wait, yeah. oh, okay, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Other way around. Other oh, way he around. can play the right side when he's left-handed. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more comfortable on the right side. Whoa. I was yeah, like, man, totally if, if he was a six-foot, six-foot eight right-hand shot defenseman, every team would want him. <laughs> yeah, like. whoa, I totally got that mixed up. You know who is? Erica Branson. There you go. Bring him there you back. Go. Okay. And, uh, yeah, basically, man, I think, like, him and Yolevi aren't going to be going for the same spot. It'd be Rafferty and him going for the same spot. I'm... I'm debating, man. Like, I, you know, you and I talked to Rafferty. He kind of hinted that he thinks he should have made the team out of camp. I can't really argue with him. He had a great showing last preseason. So, man, like, I don't know. I don't think Tramkin's ahead of him. So you look at the left side and then you look at the right side and I don't really know where, where Yolevi fits. I think, personally, I think what's going to happen to Yolevi is he's going to go down to Utica and he's going to be the first call-up in the event of an injury. You know, right. we can't really bank on the Canucks having a season like they did this season where, really, the for the most part, the defense core stayed really healthy. Like, yeah. I think, how many games? I think Myers was the only right-shot defenseman to miss a game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think... Actually, no, I think everybody on the right side played every game, didn't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know if any of them missed. I think it was no, Quinn Myers Hughes missed, missed game. one game. Yeah, Myers, Myers missed, missed one game. And Edler, I don't have the stats, but I think Edler missed, what, maybe 12 or so? Not that much even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Ole Olevi, like, the, the big thing is when his agent comes out and says that he's going to be 100% healthy. That's the biggest thing that you can hear going into training camp, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what hurt him this year. You know, there was times where Ole Olevi would just be, he wouldn't, you know, out of nowhere, he would just not be practicing with the Utica Comets anymore. Then he'd be out for a week, and then he would come back and play some games, and he just didn't look like, you know, it did. It just looked like his body was holding him back. Because we all know that he has, he has the intelligence, he has the skill, he has, you know, the hockey sense to be able to play in the NHL. But the question is, is his body okay to play in the NHL, right? That's the only thing that people are asking about Ole Olevi, and I think that, what he did in Utica this year was, you know, somewhat uh, promising, I think. Like, he he definitely came out and he played some pretty good hockey when he was playing on this Utica Comets team. Like, when he was involved on the power play before Rafferty just basically took it over, uh, Yo Levy was pretty effective at getting shots on net. He was good at making passes. His his best part about his game is definitely, like, his stretch passes that he makes. I mean, it's it's definitely, like, the high point of his game. He needs to work on defending a little bit. The fact that he can get walked by HL forward still that's not going to be a great thing to push him into the NHL but you know the the funny thing is like with a guy like Jack Rathbone in the system as well he's a guy that plays a very similar game to Olio Levy from what I've seen both of those guys play and Rathbone's strength is probably his breakout passes and his shot and Levy doesn't really have a as good of a shot as a as Rathbone probably does so it's going to be like a battle between those two at this point right now of like who can get better defensively 
And if Yolevi's doing that at the AHL level and Rathbone's doing that at the NCAA level, like you gotta you gotta think if Yolevi could stay healthy, he'll be ahead of him. But if Rathbone just comes out next year and and impresses the hell out of everyone, like he might jump Yolevi pretty fast in the depth charts just because of what Yolevi's body's done to him. Yeah, and you know, here's a guy that really just can't catch a break when it comes to staying healthy. And you hope he can finally catch one this season. And you hope the same thing last season. You hope the same thing every season with this player. And, man, it's just like, it's hard to have the confidence that, okay, we're going to get a full 82 from Yolevi, whether that's at the AHL level or the NHL level remains to be seen, but it's it's hard to kind of put faith in that and say, okay, like, if, if he can just stay healthy, we're ready to go. But, you know, like, the Canucks are very, very familiar with injury-prone defensemen, and, you know, it, it looks more and more like this could be a defenseman who's in that category. Yeah, and it sucks too because like, you know, he's the guy that was working out with Sammy Salo in Finland and like Sammy Salo is an assistant coach and we're starting to see, you know, before we can even get to the Sammy Salo level of, you know, contributing to an NHL team, he's already going through the Sammy Salo treatment of just not being able to stay healthy, which is unfortunate because, man, like if you'll levy were to hit, if, you know, like last year before the season started, a lot of people were saying I was one of them, like if he can still be a top four player, on this Canucks defense core, like that is such a huge addition. And that's before we saw what Quinn Hughes could do for this team and sure himself up as one of the best defensemen in the league at moving the puck and being an offensive minded defenseman. Like if you'll levy somehow, and it, it's weird to say it that way because that for a while I was so confident that he was going to be that in the NHL, but now it's getting to the point where you're saying, you know, it's more of a long shot of him being a top four than it is of him securing a top four spot, right? Like, do you think that, there's a more a better chance that he does play in the NHL or the fact that he doesn't play in the NHL? Like, which side are you even on on what you think is going to happen more? I'm saying out of training camp, he's AHL bound. I yeah. don't think there's a spot. Like, right now there's not, but it depends what they do in the offseason, right? Like, who knows? Like, how much faith do the, does the organization have in Yolevi, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's other guys too, like Brisebois. The, the organization likes Guillaume Brisebois. And, you know, I don't know how much weight we should put into that, but... I man, like he was their first call up this year, and like Ashton Sotner was another guy that was called up this year. Um, like man, I I don't know, and I know those guys were called up to basically sit in the press box, but still they were the first call ups, and I know the the idea was to get Yolevi playing, and there was no no use in not letting Yolevi play and sit in the press box. He wasn't going to benefit from that at all. Like practicing with the team, he wasn't going to benefit much. So I understand that, but. Man, I, I really, really don't know what we're going to see this year. I'm going to say, out of training camp, as it stands, Ollie Olevi is going to be on the Utica Comets. Okay, so final question for you about Olevi. Who plays more games next year for the Vancouver Canucks? Nikita Triamkin or Ole Olevi? Ole Olevi. Ole Olevi? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't want to get going on Triamkin, man. <laughs> okay, like, we won't. We'll save that for another So week. many times. <laughs> but, but an over-under on games for Olevi next year. If I said... 15 would you take over or would you take under it depends on injuries but okay let's say the canucks have a relatively healthy defense core next year like they did this year certainly it's the under i'll take the under on that how about you what are you saying um i would i'm actually gonna go with over uh next year i think i think with you know tanev or sorry with alex edler with quinn hughes with jordy ben those are the guys that are locked in on the left side next year. I think I don't think that they could stay healthy. You know, another year older for Edler, another year older for Jordy Ben. Uh, Quinn Hughes is 
you know, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but he's a smaller defenseman if he gets himself in a bad situation, knock on wood. But, you know, like, I think that the defense doesn't stay as healthy as they did this year. Um, so, yeah, I would say, I would say Yolevi's going to be the first call up for that left side. Um, and I would say that he plays 20 games. Like, I would, I would say 20, well, he'll probably get into next year. And I think that, you know, he does still have a chance of making the team out of camp. Or maybe he's, you know, maybe he's not playing on opening night, but he might be that seventh defenseman who's going to hop in because I, I think Rafferty secures a spot in the top six next year. Uh, I think he's going to be the third pairing guy, and I I don't like the third pair if it's Yolevi and Rafferty. I just uh, I don't think there's enough NHL experience there. I think that would be, you know, a, a tough pairing to watch out there for you know ten yeah, to twelve minutes of five on five. It, it totally would defensively, but you know if if Rafferty is able to play with a guy like Jordy Ben on that third pair, I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I I would take the over on uh, Olya Lovey playing 15 next year, though. What do you think of Rafferty playing with Quinn Hughes? Remember they had that one shift together. Rafferty remembers that shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely <laughs> asked him about that. I, man, like it, they Chris Tanev and Troy Stetcher. They were good together that one. Yeah, they shift. had. <laughs> yeah, they had, Wasn't it like a two minute shift too? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was a long one. But yeah, I think I think it depends on Chris Tanev. I think that Chris Tanev is gonna be the guy if he's here next year i think he's playing with quinn hughes if not i think tyler myers uh will play with quinn hughes i mean the if you look at their their goals four per 60 uh when that pairing's together it's it's pretty damn high um and you know what like if you're gonna play quinn hughes and tyler myers a lot together um i think you're not worrying so much about the goals that you're letting in unless it's getting extreme but you're gonna worry about how much goals are going in for you offensively Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's about like you, you can't have, I mean, you want to have a defense pairing that every pairing is balanced, can play some good defense and can make some good passes. But when you have a guy like Quinn Hughes, maybe you just want to go all in on the offense and have him with Tyler Myers. So, uh, that's, that's what I would like to see for next year. Um, and yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the defense, uh, a little bit in the next couple of weeks here, because yeah, it's going to have some discussions for next year for sure. Because yeah, it's, it's starting to get to that point now where like, I don't know where you're at, but like, do you think that like, have you... Have your has your confidence dropped in the NHL coming back this year? Because I know mine has over the past little bit. Yeah, of course, right? Like now they're looking at North Dakota as a neutral location. So I don't know, man. I the consensus I get from the players is that they don't want to play in August. They just want to, you know, like they want to make sure everybody's safe, everybody's healthy, and obviously everybody wants to play in front of fans. That's looking like it's just not going to happen. That's mm-hmm. like it's. I don't think it's possible. I. If it comes back, there's no way there's fans in the arena. Like, I think that's a that's a long shot. Like, there's no way. And I could see, like, you know, I could see them doing the playoffs in a neutral location, sure. But when would that start? Like, July? Right? Like, yeah. I, I know, like, I think that they have to do, if they do anything, it has to be a full playoffs. Like, they can't do this, like, you know, P.K. Subban is talking about he wants a 31-team playoff. It's like, why? They, well, I get why, because he's in, like, dead last with the Devils. <laughs> but, like, I, it, that makes no sense. That just that would make it take longer, or it would just make it, like, not the playoffs. You yeah. want to have a proper playoff. And, like, you know, I think it should go by point percentage. Sure, I'm a little biased. I'd like to see the Canucks make the playoffs. But, I don't know, there's so much that just, like, None of this is planned out. Like, I had somebody ask me, one of my buddies was like, hey, so what happens to the Canucks conditional first-round pick? I was like, nobody knows, and anybody who tells you they do is just lying because they don't. Like, nobody yeah. knows. This is Nobody has ever, like, there's no condition in the conditions that says, oh, Tampa Bay, or now it's New Jersey, I guess, New Jersey gets Vancouver's first-round pick, 
uh, if they make the playoffs. If playoffs don't happen, however, like that, that's not written in there. So I, nobody knows what's going to happen. So I guess we just have to like wait and see, really. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 like that's the weird thing because the condition of the pick is if the Canucks make the playoffs, right? But if there's no playoffs and they're in a playoff position, like they're technically not in a playoff position right now if you look at points. But they are in a position if you look at point percentage. But if they don't play the playoffs at all, they don't like. There's so many, like you mentioned, nobody knows the answer of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, would you rather have this year's first round pick and then have next year's unprotected, or would you rather you know give up one if it's due to points percentage and that's how they do the draft this year? You know, the Canucks would be, I guess, somewhere around 17th, 18th. Um, somewhere around there, like the pick would be somewhere in that range. So would you rather give up that pick this year in a draft that's got, you know, 15 players that are, that are excellent players in this year's draft? It's a deep draft in the first round. Um, or would you like keep that pick and give up the unprotected next year? Or would you, you know, like to keep the 2021 draft? Man, that's a tough one. Cause here's the thing. Okay. So, you know, I'm not trying to be like the bearer of bad news, but what if bleep goes South next year? Like, what if this team is a lottery team and they had a chance to give up a pick that would be in the what, like thirteenth to fifteenth or whatever range? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be fifteen to seventeen if they do points percentage kind of thing. And then what if they finish in the bottom ten of the league next year? You know, let's say they don't get to fully back. Let's say mm-hmm. maybe because of the salary cap not increasing, they can't do much to improve. Like, what if they come back with the same lineup? They're a bubble team right now. What if? What if they're not as healthy as they were this year? You know, obviously we know Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat even I'd put in that category. Hell, even Jake Rutanen maybe are going to take a step next year. Like the Canucks should, their their core players are going to improve. That's a given. But what if they don't have enough support around them? Brandon Sutter's not going to improve. Louis Erickson's not going to improve. Jay Beagle's not going to improve. Tyler Mott's a beauty, but he's not going to, you know, what What else can he do? He already does so much for the team in terms of penalty killing. Like, that's fine with Mott. Like, I just don't know, like, where are the extra points going to come from? Like, is Furland going to be healthy? There's so many questions that around this team next year, you know, Travis Green's in a contract year. Um, his, his whole coaching staff is in a contract year. Um, and I, I just look at it and I say, like, you know you're going to be giving up the 13th to 15th pick you know, around this, that, that range this year, you know, that you don't know what you're going to give up next year. So I think, I guess, knowing that you're giving up a a pick that's out of the top 10, even if it is a deep draft, knowing you're giving up a pick out of the top 10, I think you, I think you go with this year's pick, man. Like, I think you give it away and you keep next year's because there's so much uncertainty around not only the world right now, but that, that uncertainty with the world goes with the salary cap and goes with the entire team. Like there is a ton of uncertainty around next year's team. So I think you just, I think the safe way to play it is giving up this year's pick. Yeah. I think the only argument on the other side, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. Cause I think that if you get that first round pick a year earlier, he's that player's here quicker to help this core, right? I mean, like that's that's the only real argument from the other side. Yeah, that's uh, a great point. Aside from if you really believe that the Canucks can, you know, lock down Jacob Markstrom um, and have him come back next year and be just as good, right? Like that's going to be if he's just as good as he was this year, next year, um, then that's an okay bet. I think like the Canucks team you mentioned, the core is going to get better. Uh, Louis Erickson's going to get worse. Brandon Sutter's going to get worse. Jay Beagle's going to get worse. Um, you know, a cup, maybe even Jordy Ben might drop down a little bit. Like 
there are some players that are going to drop. There are some players going to get better, but I would bet on the Canucks team getting better next year. Right. So I, I, as a whole, I think, and as points percentage and how they're going to match up with other teams, like the Canucks aren't the only team that are worrying about their roster, right? Like there's, there's every team in the Pacific is worrying about their roster a little bit. No one's really that secure in the Pacific division. We saw them battling for it all year long this year, aside from, from Vegas, who, you know, is, is definitely going to be in a cap crunch here pretty soon too. If you look at like some of the contracts that they've signed and uh, what their situation is moving forward, like they, they have a pretty good pipeline. They obviously got a really good amount of draft picks from the expansion draft and they, they probably have the best team in the Pacific for the next you know couple of years. If the Canucks are able to compete with them, that's going to be the team that they're going to have to be battling with for the next couple of years. But I, I would bet on this Canucks team. I would, I would take the first round pick this year just because I know that, you know, there's about 17 or 18 players in this draft that are, you know, seem to be pretty excellent. And we uh, we need to talk to Cam Robinson very soon. Um, yeah. So he's got to come on the show, possibly even next week. We'll work something out with him. Uh, good friend of the show. Cam's been on here a bunch of times, and he's both chatted with both of us uh, in person and online quite a bit. So we'll get him on the show, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Maybe we can discuss that a little bit. But, um, yeah, that basically wraps it up for our first little segment here. We'll go to a quick parallel ad and a Zephyr ad. And how about those cards that we pulled from Zephyr the other day before we get oh, into the ad? Man. Those thick cards, man. The uh, the SPX box that we bought. So it was 100 I think it's a hundred and ten dollar box, and it comes with four hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah. Okay, so it's one hundred and thirty bucks, and it comes with four cards. But the cards are unreal. Like you get two jersey cards, or you get a jersey card and an autograph card in each box. And uh, we got some pretty awesome ones. If you guys didn't see that on the Instagram the other day, those were awesome. Yeah, the Obsidian Black Kill Macar. That's still sitting in my room. I love it. Yeah, she's a beauty. I, I'm trying to like find the right case for this uh, Abramov card of mine because I've never seen, like it looks like it's about fifteen cards. Uh, like together in a pile. That's how thick this card is. But uh, yeah, let's throw some ads and we'll answer some questions on the other side. And before we continue and go any further into the episode, I just want to give a big shout out to the presenting sponsor of the Canucks Conversation podcast. That's right, Parallel 49 Beer. Uh, you guys can give them a shout if you want to get involved in some beer deliveries. That's right, since uh, all this coronavirus stuff that's going on, they have decided to deliver beer. Uh, it's a minimum $25 per delivery, and they are extending their delivery service actually starting Monday, April 13th. So Monday to Friday from 11 to 7, you guys can give them a call 604 558 2739 that's 604-558-2739 as long as your order is in by nine o'clock that day it'll be there the next day for you guys which is awesome Uh, if you need any more information you guys can check them out give them an email uh, info at parallel 49 brewing.com or dm them on instagram and that instagram account is parallel 49 beers so yeah now you don't have to go to the liquor store they'll send the beer right to you which is awesome news Uh, so go support the folks at parallel 49 because they have been supporting us Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for sports cards and trading card games. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. And now, join them for Thursday night breaks at 5 p.m. Pacific time every Thursday and be a part of an epic case break experience. Purchase your spot on ZephyrEpic.com and watch the live stream on twitch.tv slash ZephyrEpic. And for all you Canucks Conversation podcast listeners, you can save $5 off your purchase with the code CanucksConvo. Some restrictions apply. Follow them on social media to be part of monthly contests and ticket giveaways. Search Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, and big shout-out to our two sponsors there, Zephyr Epic and Parallel 49 Beer. As I mentioned in the ad, Parallel's doing all the deliveries right now. And, uh, Quad, speaking of Parallel, we have some questions coming in. We're going to answer a bunch here, and one is uh, directed right at you. 
Um, I guess I think you might have answered this before, but uh, the question comes from Tessa, which is Testicle76, which I'm only going to say that once on the show. Uh, oh. She's going to be referred to as Tessa for the rest of it. Um, her question was, has quads ever had alcohol? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I have. But so you've had wine, right? That's like your that's the thing that you are going to drink. It's going to be wine. Ye- no, <laughs> I've had wine, no? but I don't like wine. No, if I if I okay. have to drink. Um, it's, it's beer and it's parallel 49 beer. Actually, I've never had parallel Absolutely. 49. Chris is going to bring me some soon though. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like if I drink, it's definitely beer. Uh, I, I like root beer, like root, like hard root beer, you know? And like, I had, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind like hay alls. I ha- I've had a couple hay alls. Um, but no, I've never really like gotten like plastered. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I've just never, it's never been something i've wanted to do not something i've like been like oh man i gotta do this like i'm just like i see like how drunk people act and i'm just like why would you want to be like that i I don't know that's just you know i'm not trying to diss anybody who like wants to drink but (laughs) you don't want to diss any alcoholics well yeah exactly like i i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i I, yeah yeah exactly um i don't know i just it's not for everybody and i'm one of those that's fair well that's it you're not one of those like do you like what do you think of like the taste of beer? Like, are you do you like the taste of beer, no. or is it just like because it's kind of an acquired taste? Like once you, yeah, it's horrible. Once you drink a lot of beer, you like it. Okay, yeah. so you're in that boat. Okay. It doesn't taste good. That's except fair. for Parallel Forty Nine. Well, like you said, you haven't tried Parallel Forty Nine yet, so we'll get you on there and uh, we'll get going to that. Next question uh, comes from Navrab Twenty Eight. His question is Skittles or M and M's? What do you think, Quads? I honestly, I don't like either of those. Okay, so let me tell really? you why. So M&M's, you know, they have the peanut M&M's. So I haven't had those for obvious reasons. And then yep. the regular M&M's are made in the same factory. So I stay away from those. But I've had them a few times. And out of those two, I will definitely say M&M's. I'm definitely more of like a chocolate than candy guy. Oh, really? Okay. I don't like... So if it's peanut M&M's, those are much better. Uh, much better than regular M&M's. Like the M&M's are just too small. I like the mini M&M's. They used to come in like a little tube. And uh, those are really good. But uh, I'm a Skittles guy for sure. I like sour Skittles. It just, just messes your mouth up. Uh, and I, I don't know why, but I like that sour Skittles so much. Huh. Um, so I'll go with Skittles. You'll go with M&M's. Okay. Um, our next question from TB Bubs on Twitter. If you could be a pro athlete of any sport, what sport slash position would you choose and why? And this is NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, or PGA. Oh, man. I would, you know, I, well, I, I don't know if your answer will be the same, but like MLB, like I wanted to, and I was like training to be like, I was like, oh, maybe I can get drafted. That obviously didn't happen, but um, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, like baseball's been my sport my whole life. And like, maybe I'll get into coaching one day. Cause I think I know the game pretty well. And like, I just, I don't know, man, I've, I've baseball was really my first love. And, uh, that was, uh, that would definitely be it. I'd love to play in the MLB. I'll tell you what, if I could if i was maybe five inches taller or no if i was like seven inches taller so if i was like seven foot something uh i would love to be in the nba like i feel like the nba would be the sport where it's like like it's not i mean it's physical right like you're bumping and you're you're obviously there's some stuff down in the post where you have to be pretty physical against other huge humans but like i feel like you're not getting like full-on tackled or hit like you are in the nfl or nhl and you're also like the nba does such a great job of of showcasing their talent and showcasing the personalities. I would love True. to be in the NBA. I would yeah. love to be like 
if I was, yeah, like I would have, like, I'm not the best basketball player. I'm a pretty bad basketball player. Uh, I'm decent because I'm tall. But if I was, if I was like seven foot seven, I'd probably be pretty good. I'd probably be in the NBA. So if I was, yeah, if I was seven foot seven, I'd be down to be in the NBA. But also like PGA, I know that's not like a, a sporting league like the other ones, but being a professional golfer would be pretty awesome as well. Yeah, that's that's fair. If I was like 17 inches taller, I could play in the NBA. And you know what? <laughs> like, I'm actually not a bad basketball player, believe it or not. Like, I can shoot yeah. pretty well, and like, I'm decent at dribbling, and like, I've got decent passing. But you know, anything in the post, like, it's not it's not looking good. Especially if I match up against someone of like your size. Like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll get to the next question here. Um, actually, before, do you play much golf quads? I do, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I like golf, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. I uh, I love golf. I was saying like I miss uh, I miss I'm gonna be missing taking selfies with my boys and putting it on Instagram with good captions uh, because that's what that's what I do all summer long. But uh, we'll move on to the next question here uh, from Nuxfan110. Do either of you have a second favorite NHL team? Do you have a second favorite team, Quads? Ah, uh, no. Like, I mean. Eh favorite team i don't know like you're supposed to be as least biased as possible like now so i mean obviously the canucks are the team that i'm impartial like i'm partial to but i mean i'd say like i i like colorado like nathan mckinnon's probably my favorite player in the nhl um yeah you know other than quinn hughes i guess but like yeah like quinn hughes nathan mckinnon's definitely my favorite player that doesn't play for the canucks and like you know kill mccarr is really fun to watch i i would say it's the avalanche and sure enough like that was the teams. Those were the teams playing against each other on my Botchford project night, so that worked out well. But like, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the Avalanche, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think obviously, I like I like some of the players that have the Avalanche. I, I agree with you. I love watching Nathan McKinnon, but uh, I don't know something about when I was when I was a kid. I liked uh, I liked the Tampa Bay Lightning logo. I really liked Martin St. Louis back then. Mm. Uh, I thought he was like one of my favorite players at the time when he was just dominating with that team. When they won the Stanley Cup, I was pretty excited for them. Uh, so I think that Tampa Bay is my second favorite team. I like what they do there in that arena. I'd love to get down to the arena and check it out one day. Um, so yeah, that's that's my I, second one. But like you mentioned, yeah, it's it's tough to tough to root for anyone else because it's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent. I'm rooting for the Canucks, and then behind yeah, that, the rest can go to Tampa exactly. Bay. <laughs> when I was younger, um, I actually didn't mind the New York Rangers. Like they were one of my favorite teams. That was like Von oh, you... in his prime, and like I was I was played goalie whenever I played hockey. Right, so yeah. Um, Man, like Lundqvist was like my fa- one of my favorite players back then. Everybody over the age of uh, twenty five is just pissed off at you right now because you weren't <laughs> alive for the ninety four. <laughs> uh, I know, but uh, I know. all right, we'll yeah. move on. We got a bunch of questions from uh, Tessa, so we'll bang out a bunch of these. Um, okay, what type of boat does Chris have? Uh, I have a Sun Dolphin, which is like a little uh, fiberglass boat. It's like a ten foot boat. Fits me and my fishing partner in there perfectly. How many fish did I catch? I caught zero, but it was nice to get out on the water three times and uh, and just get out there and enjoy some some fresh air, which was great. Uh, the next question from Tessa: How many NHL rinks have you been to? Quads, have you been to many? Because I've I've only been to Rogers Arena, I think. Yes, I've only been to Rogers Arena. Right, I think we've uh, talked about this before. Next one uh, from Tessa: Rate Dominoes out of ten. I will give it a three. Yeah, it's like a three or four. Like it's not good pizza. I don't know why everybody <laughs> everybody thinks that. Like I'm like, oh, Dominoes is the best because I brought it to the studio once. No, we yeah. they had a deal. It was like two medium pieces <laughs> for five bucks. You just can't beat that value. Get off me. Yeah. Okay. We got we answered this one on Twitter, but I'm just gonna say it out loud for anyone who hasn't. 
uh, doesn't know the answer to this, is from Ang- Angus McLeod, uh, Big Mac 181 on Twitter. His question was, you probably answered this before, and we have, but I'll answer it again here because it's a great song. What is the song from the intro of the podcast? And that is Robot by Wise Youngblood. Wise Youngblood is a band from Vancouver Island. I went to high school with uh, a couple of them uh, and played football with a couple of them as well. So uh, check them out, Wise Youngblood. You can find them on Twitter at Wise Youngblood one And the song is Robot. That's our intro song. Um, so we'll get to the next question uh, from Rad underscore Nikki YVR. I need to know your Canucks doggo power rankings. Um, so I have the dogs in front of me here, Quads. You want me to just name off some to kind of no, get your brain them. going a little bit? I know okay, so let's go. Let's go top three. Okay. Uh, and I think that we know. Well, I don't know what your number one spot is, but my I'll let you go first. You go from three, okay. two, one. We'll we'll alternate. You go with your third. I'll give my third. We'll go that way. Third. Oh crap. Okay. Uh, third is. Oh, man, you know what? I, my top two is easy. Like, the top two yeah. is easy, but that third spot... You know what? I'll say Riley Tanev. Okay, Riley... Wow, number three. Okay, um, my th- number three is going to be... Um, I'm going to go with Phoebe. Phoebe's my third. What? Third? Yeah. Oh, my god. Phoebe's third. Well, I'm thinking the same thing about what you just said about Riley. Well, <laughs> man, like, Phoebe, Phoebe's number one for me. Like, yeah, I, I would have guessed just so. a celebrity in this town. You watch your tongue, man. Holy cow. <laughs> I got Phoebe at three. I got Donnie Rattanen at two. Oh, see, Donnie was going to be my number three. I was thinking Donnie or Riley. Okay. So you, and I know so, you okay. at one. Yeah, you know I got Riley Tanev at one. That's a good looking <laughs> Chris Tanev just uh, posted a video, I think it was on Thursday night, of him just like sitting there eating watermelon or something. And like Riley just like tries to jump up and grab it from him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just so slow. He can't I move very fast. I didn't think you were going to say Riley for number one. Dude. Oh, for you, sure. Number you one. You can't just omit Gus Horvat like that. Uh, I can. I, I'm not a huge fan of like, like little dog. I'm just not a huge fan of little dogs. Wow, go figure, eh? I would have never guessed, Chris. <laughs> no. <laughs> but even though I have Riley Tanev at number one, he's he's small, but he's not little, I'll tell you that. Dude, okay, uh, so I've got I've got Gus Horvath, or no, sorry, I've got Phoebe Stetcher number one, Gus Horvath yeah. number two, and Riley Tanev number three. Okay. I think, See, I think I, I'm right here. You're, you're, I mean, people are going to give it to me for having Donnie Vertanen over Gus Horvat for sure. But it's yeah. just, I had a doodle growing up. I know that those dogs are fast. I called it when they did that race. I said, I guarantee Donnie Vertanen wins that race. I know those doodles can fly. And I had one growing up. So I've got an emotional connection uh, Dude, to I'm Donnie Vertanen. I'm actually like really close to getting a puppy during all this. Like, just like, yeah. I'm, I'm home 24 hours of the day. It's the perfect time for me to get a puppy. So I'm like... Okay, maybe this maybe this is probably the best time I'll have in a while because you know you and I are going to radio school in September, so like, I'm now I have all this time. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe now's the time. And you know I'm allergic to dogs, so I have to get a <laughs> I have to get a doodle. So I've been yeah. looking golden doodles, Bernie doodles, all the doodles. I'm looking at all of them. Yeah, we had a golden doodle growing up, and they're the smartest dogs, best dogs out there I've ever had. Um, okay, one next question. Yet no, sorry. <laughs> There's one that I'm looking at. Okay, let's. Like, Twenty five hundred bucks for a puppy. I'm like, damn. Yeah, they're expensive, man. Yeah. Uh, I think like when we got ours, the Obamas just got one, and the, that was when Obama was president. And like mm. after that, the price just like shot through the roof. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, this we'll get we'll talk dogs another day. Uh, the next question, we have a lot of questions to get to. Uh, this one's from Nuxfan one ten. Uh, in their prime, who do you think will make more of an impact, Vasily Pod Colson or Niels Huglander? Prime, I'm gonna say Pod Colson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd probably. I think it's it's going to be interesting because, like, if you were to say like when they hit their prime, Pod Colson, I think would be 
an excellent guy to play on your second line with Horvat and Huglander. If he were to hit his prime and hit his potential, he would be playing with Huglander. He would be playing with uh, Patterson on the first line, right? Yeah. So, like, that's you know, if if he's a complimentary player to Patterson, that's huge. If Pod Colson's a guy that drives play on the second line with Horvat, that's huge too. So, I would I would say Huglander. I think if if Huglander were to hit his potential and you know be at his prime, I think that he could. He could be an elite player, uh, an elite first line player. If he were to hit every part of his potential, he's extremely skilled. He's tough as hell. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited to see him next year at camp for sure. I just, I'm excited for camp next year. You know, like it's, it's one of like my favorite parts of the year for the Vancouver Canucks. There's so much promise at that point of the year. Yeah, you're right. And then after the first month of the season, all that promise yeah. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Wait till, wait till November hits. Um, so the next question from Andy Lau, a loud brother. Um, his question is, and I think we both know the answer to this, what restaurant-only food are you craving right now? And this is our, our Friday night staple that we've been missing out on. Pasta more, penne toto, with yeah. meatballs on the plate. Yeah, meatballs. And uh, there is a question, there's another one here from someone. I'm supposed to say focaccia five times really fast. Say it. So I would say that's, we would have ordered focaccia, 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 focaccia. Much better than the first time I met you. That's I've gotten better at it. Focacia. I definitely have That's how you used to say it. <laughs> <Focacia>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was that was a question from Tessa as well. Um, okay, we'll move on to a couple more here before we get to the other question. Uh, I've answered this when I went on Trust the Process, uh, but Rob Lomas, uh, who's our listener over in the UK, which uh, bumping our numbers up there. Uh, his question for you, Quads, because I've already answered this. Uh, what's your favorite thing about England? Like, what do you think one of the coolest things that's come out of England is, maybe? <laughs> I mean, it sparked the U.S. version of The Office, which is my favorite show. Okay. So, I mean, pretty good. England, England technically gave us that. Yeah, that's true. So that's what you're going to go with? Yeah, I don't know much about England. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to our next question. Hopefully that uh, that gets wrong. Because, you know, our, our U.K. numbers uh, last week, Quads, you saw this. We, we hit number six in the U.K. Uh, yes. for hockey podcasts. Yes, which is which awesome. awesome. And now we're going to yeah. plummet because I just said that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like The Office, the American TV show that I like. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the next question from Judd Brackett is underrated. Uh, Judd Brackett underscore one on Twitter. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to either of you? Oh, man. Uh... Oh, jeez. Well, the Krusty Krab thing's up there, I guess. That's that's probably up there, yeah. <laughs> it happened this week. Uh, yeah. Most embarrassing? I've never really been, like, embarrassed. I don't know, like... What about oh. something you did that now you look back at? Like I, I have one. So I, when we, uh, when we did our graduation, which by the way, kids in grade twelve right now that aren't going to get to do like their final semester, I really feel for them because that was like the best, some of the best times of your life. Uh, but everybody goes up there and you get your diploma and you walk down. Nobody did anything like at ours, like anything cool. So I went up and you might even be too young for this. Do you know a dance called the Cat Daddy Quads? <laughs> no. Okay, so there was a dance at the time in 2011. It was pretty damn popular, and it was called the Cat Daddy. Uh, people can search this up if they want. Uh, but I did that when I grabbed my diploma uh, and walked across the stage. Uh, in the very, I went up to the front of the stage and did the Cat Daddy, um, and I had the pictures to prove it. Um, but I did that, and looking back, probably wasn't the smartest idea. But I, at the same time, I look back, and in my class of 250 kids that I graduated with, uh, nobody did anything uh, when you got their diploma. So I was happy to be the only one. That's your most embarrassing story? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really, like, I haven't really been embarrassed. Like, now looking back at it, it's sort of embarrassing. Fair but enough, I just can't enough. really think of, 
Like, I've never, like, really embarrassed myself. I embarrass myself all the time by myself. Like, all oh, the yeah. time. But, yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I can't think of, like, a big environment where I've done it. Yeah, I, I think, I think it might be the Krusty Krab story with Tanner <laughs> Pearson, which happened this week. Yeah, that's very possible. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll get to the next little bit here. We have another crop of questions, and then we'll wrap it up here. We'll get to uh, we'll get to riding the bus uh, after a few more questions here. Um, okay, first question: underrated vacation spot. Let's let's talk about around BC. Maybe like what's a spot uh, that you think Harrison, like the hot springs there? Oh, I love going there. Yeah, yeah. I think okay, I've never been. Oh, geez, I would say. I would say, like, I'm obviously going to say something from the island. Tofino is, like, the spot that everyone goes to, so it's not really underrated. So I'm going to say Port Renfrew, uh, which is kind of like the the Tofino of the south. Uh, It's kind of like, it's like an hour or so away from Victoria, uh, maybe a little bit more. An hour and a half from Victoria, about an hour and a half from Nanaimo as well, maybe two hours. Uh, But it is, like, this huge bay, uh, Pachita Bay is what it's called, and it's this this huge camping thing, and the whole bay is just gorgeous. Uh, you get the west coast. It's similar to Fino, but the beaches aren't really as sandy, but it's uh, it's an awesome spot. So, South Island, uh, I'll go with Port Renfrew. What's that place uh, in BC that starts with, like, an E? Oh, or a U? What is it? Help me. There's Eculet. Yeah, Esquimalt, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That place is awesome. My boss went there, and uh, she was, like, telling me about it, and I looked up pictures of it. Like, dude, that is, like, an awesome place. Okay, that's yeah. It's just Tofino. <laughs> it's the same. It's like right beside Tofino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but it, it is good spot. Okay, next question uh, from Tessa. Best interview question you have ever asked. Uh, who did you ask it to? I know mine. Do you know yours? My best question. Maybe like the best answer that you might have gotten okay, from somebody, well, like uh, for something. Because I know mine a hundred percent. When I asked John Garrett what his favorite, uh, or sorry, what his uh, the one food that he wouldn't put ketchup on, and it took him like a good <laughs> minute to answer it. <laughs> um, that was, that was a lot of fun. Cause I was trying to help him. Cause I was like, I didn't mean to stump you Cheech. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like steak. He's like, no, I put, I put ketchup on that. And then, uh, you know, I talked about it with Dan Murphy on Monday. Uh, I was like, Oh, like fish. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, you don't put ketchup on fish. And then Murph's like, I'll tell you why he said that he doesn't eat fish. And I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. And that, that yeah, was, that's uh, pretty funny. Yeah. That story just keeps getting more memorable and memorable. When I heard that, that you mentioned that, I remembered uh, our basketball team in, like, grade 10 was up at a, a tournament in Campbell River. Um, and we went to this place, and it was all-you-can-eat fish and chips. And, like, a basketball team, it's a lot of big dudes, right? We go into this place, and we weren't wasting any time. So we were mixing tartar sauce with ketchup and just dipping everything into that. And we, like, ran the place out of fish, uh, like, pretty fast. <laughs> uh, okay, so my best interview question had to be when, I guess this was the first time I talked to Patterson. Uh, it was at training camp. Uh, and I asked him, like I said, like this is the first year uh, the Vancouver Canucks will be bringing back these black skate jerseys. Uh, are you pretty excited to wear these jerseys? And he said, yes, I'm very excited. They're my favorite jerseys in the whole league. So when he said that, I was just like, perfect answer to a, to a half-decent question. So his perfect answer uh, made that my best question for sure. Uh, next question, who's better at Warzone, Quads or Chris? I think it's you. I think that I think that I'm not the best Warzone player, but I'm a very good teammate in Warzone. Like I do, I'm really good at callouts. I know that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good at pinging people. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I we're mean, we're probably the worst. We play yeah, with we're the, the we're the bottom of the power rankings of Warzone. We definitely are. If if it's people that are like streaming with Wyatt, uh, I know that Cody streams with him quite a bit. Jay streams with them quite a bit. Uh, and Wyatt by far is the best. Like I looked yeah. at our kill death ratios the other day. Wyatt's is like one point three. Uh, you and me are like 0.6. Like we're not great. Uh, but every once in a while, I have a game where I just like 
I'll just be on and I'll get like 13 kills. I've gotten, but I, I do have more wins than Wyatt. So I have like four wins already so far. And that's kind of like top of my, uh, of my friends list. So I feel like that's got to mean something. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So next question, Tessa's just got a ton. I, I haven't been mentioning her, but these, a lot of these questions are from Tessa and we appreciate it. I think she, she messaged us uh, as well and said that she has like 200 questions ready for us. So <laughs> we'll get into a lot of these and we appreciate you listening and asking. Uh, you have $50 for dinner. Are you cooking or going to a restaurant, restaurant. slash takeout slash delivery? Restaurant. Restaurant, we're going to Pastor Moria. It's about what is it, sixty bucks normally for what we normally get? Yep, exactly that. Yeah, yeah sixty my bucks with a tip. And yeah. then okay, if so we, we both get fifty, we've got forty left over. So we might even get some tuna too. Then we get some yeah, we finally tried dessert there with some parallels. Uh best flavor of white claw. Uh this is from Tess as well. I've only had the black cherry. I thought it was good. A lot of people tell me it's the worst. Uh so the fact that I thought it's good, uh, I'm excited to try the other ones. Um, but, uh, mostly just been drinking parallel right now because I got a ton of it. They gave me a bunch before the quarantine and I thought it was pretty cool that parallel is doing that thing with the, uh, sanitizer. Uh, so question, yeah, that you don't really have to answer that quality. You haven't <laughs> tried one yet. Um, <laughs> uh, what is your ultimate goal slash job in media? Oh, great question. Um, well, I mean, I really like doing the podcast. I'd love to do like, I'd love to have our own radio show like you and me. Um, you yeah. know, we're going to the radio school, but like, I'm definitely keeping the door open for play by play. Um, like writing is like my first love and I'd love to be a beat reporter and you know, um, whether that's at the athletic, like, I mean, my personal goal is I've told you many times, like my personal goal is to be at the athletic and I was eyeing September, but with all this, like, it's going to be really hard to, to do that. But, uh, you know, we'll see, like, that's, that's my personal goal. I think that's the next step for me. in like writing is to try and get on at the athletic. I feel like when you get there, you've made it. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm keeping that as my goal and I have it penciled in as September. Awesome. Yeah. That's like you mentioned, the ultimate goal is, yeah, I think we've talked about this a lot. The ultimate goal is for us to have a radio show. I mean, Donnie and Donnie and Moj are getting old, you know, maybe that we come in when we get out of school, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and it, it's perfect that you mentioned, uh, play by play. Cause I, I like doing color. Uh, play by play is not really my thing. Uh, but I love doing color. Uh, I did it for the Vancouver Island Mariners for a couple of years. Had a lot of fun doing that. Um, next question. This is a great one from Tessa because I have the best answer ever. Uh, best hockey game you ever attended in person. What was yours, Quads? Oh, dude, the Botford Project Night. I'll never forget yeah. that game. But uh, yeah. you know what? The Sedin Retirement Night was awesome. That was good. And we Marstrom were both at that just one. Being yeah. unbelievable. Like, <laughs> yep. Marshall was on something that night. <laughs> Oh man, that was so much fun. Uh, what was that? Forty nine save shutout? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Forty nine or forty eight? I think it was forty nine. Uh, yeah, my best uh, game, and I don't know the only one that's probably ever going to beat it is if the Canucks win a Stanley Cup. But it was uh, Game Seven, uh, slaying the Dragon. Obviously, Alex Burrows jumping up, catching the puck. I've told this story a million times on the show. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like every four episodes, I have to bring up that I was at that game. Uh, that's just something that's like Canucks combo, uh, a staple for sure. <laughs> uh, best character from the Office. This is Tess's final question. Oh, Michael Scott, hands down. Michael Scott, you like to... I, uh... Man. Okay, I'll maybe... I'll try and pick a different one then. I don't mean, even bother. Don't... He makes the show. Yeah, because, yeah, as soon as he left, it was it was a mess. Uh, aside from, like, when Will Ferrell became the manager for that little bit. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's Michael Scott for sure. I, I love Dwight. I think that... I don't really like Jim as much, but I love uh, the relationship between Dwight and Jim. That's, that kind of made yeah. the show for me. What are, are you watching anything right now? I just started uh, I just started Community. I haven't watched that in a couple of years, so I'm watching that right now. I watched Community back in the day, but if I'm being honest, I just rewatched The Office. Like, 
a yeah. bunch of times. Like I just pick an ep- office of, or an episode of The Office to watch. Like <laughs> it's my favorite show, and I just I've seen them all, and I just keep watching them. Like I'm not a big like TV or movie guy, as you know. Like I don't like you know if I have the option of playing video games or watching a movie or a TV show, I'm definitely taking the video games. So yeah. usually that's what I'm doing in my free time. Um, and hell, even reading. Like I don't mind reading compared to uh, <laughs> compared to watching a movie. So I don't know. Like I don't know, man. Well, that's good. Okay, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Those are the final questions. Uh, I guess now we'll get to riding the bus with Corey Hergott, and then after the break, or after sorry, after my interview with Corey, because I'm just going to do this one on one with him. Uh, we'll just kind of wrap up the show real quick and uh, let you guys know what's coming up in the future and what's happening with Ray Ferraro, because uh, I think we hinted a little bit on the Instagram that he was coming on this week's show. Uh, as you guys can notice, he's not on this week's show, uh, but he huh. will be coming up soon. We'll talk about that as we kind of close out the episode here. <laughs> McEwen into the goal and he scores! What a play by Zach McEwen who draws the Comets to within one. A little shimmy shake. Guys, joining us now from a beautiful background. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. Corey is just a couple minutes away from his house, looking at the beautiful ocean today. Uh, we are joined now by Corey Hergott, riding the bus. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing great today, Chris. We've got a uh, beautiful view in front of me. I've got a guy at my, my place today doing some uh, limbing some trees, so I, I can't sit there with a chainsaw going and record the <laughs> podcast. So. I whipped a couple minutes down the road from my place, and I'm sitting at the beach overlooking beautiful Porpoise Bay, and uh, what a great time to talk hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you don't have a podcast, but you sound like a podcast pro, uh, getting away from the uh, the outdoor uh, chainsaw for sure there. That, that's a good call, and I appreciate that. I think the listeners will as well, too. Um, and our listeners might appreciate it, but um, we we also have launched something lately. Uh, and we'll touch on it right off the bat here because I think it's it's something that you've been working on, and I know you've uh, you've kind of been teasing it a little bit. You were, you wouldn't even tell me uh, in DMs <laughs> about some of the stuff in the article, uh, but you talked to Robert Esch, um, the you know the president of the of the Utica Comets. Uh, you had you just mentioned you kind of told us it was just an excellent conversation. I'll just I'll let you flow. Tell me what happened in that conversation, Corey. Oh, it was it was just an absolutely fantastic uh, chat with uh, with Robert Esch. He's uh, as you said, the president of the Utica Comets. He's he's the man that's responsible for bringing uh, AHL hockey back to Utica. So um, I we spoke about it on the last podcast. I I had interviewed uh, Joe Roberts, the Comets play by play guy, and we talked about their puck the virus campaign. And during that conversation. 
he brought up, uh, you know, the fact that uh, Robert Esch was instrumental in, in bringing AHL hockey back to Utica and just how passionate he is about uh, about that that area. And uh, that really made me want to reach out to, to Esch and see if he'd be interested in kind of letting me know how uh, how that all came to be. And, and uh, you know, he was fantastic. He answered my, uh, my call quickly. Um, we set up, uh, took a week to get it set up, but we got our interview set up and we spent about uh, 25 minutes or so on the phone yesterday and, and just had a great conversation. And, uh, you know, as I say, he's really, really passionate about his market and about, uh, you know, trying to revitalize that community. And uh, he's done a great job of that with the help of, uh, you know, some of the other prominent people in that area. But, uh, the thing that I found interesting is, is he grew up there and, and he grew up watching the, uh, the Utica Devils play when they were the, uh, New Jersey Devils farm team. Oh. And, uh, that was, that was kind of between, uh, I think he said 87 and 92 ish, somewhere around there. He was a regular there at the odd watching the games. And, uh, you know, he, he, that really resonated with him and he took it forward uh you know once he started playing hockey he didn't know that he was going to be a professional hockey player but uh after Lou Lamorello took over the New Jersey Devils and uh moved the uh Utica Devils to uh, Albany uh Ash kind of in the back of his mind sort of made a promise to himself that he was going to do anything he could to uh to be able to bring hockey back to that market because when the com or when the uh, Albany or sorry when the Utica Devils left yeah. uh, when they left town it really kind of uh it, it kind of hampered things in that area uh, a bunch of other businesses prominent businesses packed up and left they had uh Lockheed Martin there they had GE there they had some big businesses there and and they kind of moved out of the area and it really really hit that area hard and uh you know fast forward uh you know to Esh becoming a professional hockey player and uh, working his way into the Phoenix Coyotes organization. And, uh, you know, he, he runs into Pat Conacher there, who he grew up watching. He, Pat Conacher was an Albany, uh, or sorry, a Utica. I'm going to keep screwing this <laughs> yeah, Albany Utica stuff up. But You're all trained Pat up on Conacher, now this team now. Pat Conacher was uh, a Utica devil, and uh, he was uh, Esh's father's favorite player and and he talked about how they used to love watching him just rip up and down the ice i guess he was a speedy guy and he was a hard-nosed kind of blue collar sort of a player and and that really kind of fit uh you know it really fit that profile of a blue collar sort of a community in utica so he was a a bit of a fan favorite there and and, uh, he was ash's favorite player and his dad's favorite player so you know, fast forward a bunch of years, their uh, teammates are they're they're working together in uh, in Phoenix, and uh, you know, Ash tells uh, tells Conacher how about his plan about one day I want to bring uh, you know AHL hockey back to Utica, and, and Conacher laughed at him and said, you know, basically give your head a shake when when you retire, the last thing you're going to be do- thinking about is uh, cold and windy Utica. You're going to be sitting on a yacht somewhere, you know, in the yeah. sunshine. And, uh, you know, to Ash's credit, he followed through on his plan and, and, uh, he made it happen and, uh, he put in a lot of work to, to, to get the team there. Um, it wasn't initially going to be the, the Vancouver organization that they were partnering with. Uh, they had initially started talking with Calgary and, uh, Calgary couldn't make it happen. And, uh, 
kind of a funny scenario. Uh, Lawrence Gilman, when, you know, obviously he was with the Canucks, but uh, previous to that, he was with the Phoenix organization and he signed Esch to his first two NHL contracts. So, uh, you know, Robert had that little bit of an in with, uh, with Lawrence and uh, Lawrence Gilman, Chris Gear, and uh, Victor DeBonis uh, came down to Utica and, and uh, checked things out with them and they were able to put something together. And, you know, what is it, seven years later, you know, we're still watching uh, AHL hockey in Utica and uh, the community, that area has started to uh, see some revitalization. You know, there were businesses that moved out, but uh, since the Comets came back now, uh, there are a lot of small businesses popping up. There's uh, a nanotechnology company that's uh, setting up shop there now. It's like a one and a half billion dollar uh, setup that they're uh, pumping into the community. Uh, there's a five million dollar hospital going up kind of across the street from where the Comets are. So, um, you know, Utica, the area is starting to see that turnaround and, and Esh, is, Esh and uh, AHL Hockey have been a big part of that. So uh, it was a pretty great conversation with him to kind of learn a bit about the history of how that all happened. Uh, one thing I can say about uh, speaking with, with Robert Esh, um, if you ever get the opportunity to do it, take it, jump on it. Uh, that conversation was fantastic. There were he was laughing throughout, um, you know, like he we we talked about, uh, you know, he when he first was told that he made the team in Phoenix and uh, he's standing there with with Pat Conacher and and they see the the flatbed rolling into the parking lot and Ash has his eighty five F one fifty on the back and uh, Conacher said, "Are you kidding me? Like, are you serious? You could have you could have bought the truck cheaper than it cost you to ship it here." Yeah, and he, just the way he told the story and and uh, like he was laughing throughout, and it was just uh, he, he's just a really good down to earth guy, and uh, he's obviously very passionate about uh, the things that he believes in, and and uh, you know, thanks to him, the the Canucks have a, a hockey team in New York, and and they're doing well there; they're thriving. Yeah, absolutely. No. Now, one of the other things that I teased that you talked about there, um, I, I had a we, we had our conversation kind of my whole point of this conversation with him was to kind of get the backstory of the comments. But after that kind of wrapped up, we just kind of talked hockey for a little bit. And I, I kind of bent his ear about uh, how he saw things going down there. And uh, we started talking about some of the different players down there. And uh, we here, here's your scoop. He, he was talking about, uh, we were talking about the goaltending situation and, uh, he, he mentioned how fortunate, like he, he, being a former NHL goaltender, you would kind of think maybe, you know, he's the president of the team. Maybe he's got a little bit of say in, in, uh, in some of the goaltenders that they end up with there, but that's not the case. He has yeah. nothing to do with the hockey operations side. He runs the business side of things. But uh, as he said, you know, you they've been very, very fortunate to have some very, very good goaltenders there. Uh, you know, Jacob Markstrom was there for a year. And as Ash said, in, in that year, he was the absolute very best goaltender in the AHL. And uh, Utica was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have him, you know, follow up to the next season. And here comes Thatcher Demko uh, as a rookie. And, and he's got to take over and Phil Markstrom's shoes and, uh, you know, did a fantastic job of that and, and put in his time in the American Hockey League. And uh, then we move on to Mikey DiPietro, who's there now, and he's the player that uh, Esch identified as 
the absolute hardest working young man that he has ever seen in the sport. I believe that was more or less the quote. And, uh, you know, when you hear that, when you're a Vancouver Canucks hockey fan and you see, you know, Jacob Markstrom was considered the best goaltender outside of North America before he, you know, came over and was with Florida in their system. And then he was the best goaltender outside of the, the NHL when he was with their system before the trade. And then he came to Vancouver and he cleared waivers, went down to Utica, put in the work, uh, came up, put in more work and spent some time backing up and got some, you know, obviously some help from Ian Clark. But now you've got Jacob Markstrom who's put in the work and he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL as of this past season. Mm-hmm. You've got Thatcher Demko who's put in the work and he's come up and graduated to the NHL level. And when you hear Robert Ash talking about how Mikey DiPietro is the hardest working, uh, person he's ever seen in the game, that kind of bodes well for thinking that uh, Mikey DiPietro is probably going to put in the work yeah. and come up to Vancouver and end up being a very good goaltender for this team for a long time. So, you know, getting those kind of uh, little nuggets um, from somebody who obviously Robert Esch has seen a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hockey come out of Utica. He's seen all the players who have played there. He's got a pretty good grasp of the goaltending position. So kind of when you hear him talk about that side of things, it's uh uh, to me, it's uh, it was really good to hear uh, for the future of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of one of the other thing, kind of the one of the other things that we talked about um, with the goaltending. Uh, I I I kind of tried to bait him a little bit. I wanted to hear him <laughs> say that Zach McEwen was uh, the golden standard for how they develop players in Utica. I yeah. put it out there. Who, if if there was a one player that you would kind of say, you know, this is a guy that we developed and and uh, you know he's done it right. Um, you know, he named off a few guys. He, he talked about how Reed Boucher, although he's not playing in the NHL, his game has improved every season. And, and, you know, I've watched him for three seasons and I can absolutely agree with the fact that his 200 foot game has definitely improved. He talked about Zach McEwen and, and how, you know, obviously a guy that was undrafted and, and, uh, now he's at the NHL level. That's a, that's a very, very good, uh, you know, sign for their development. He talked about how Cole Lind uh, made a huge jump from last year to this season, and he sees really bright things on the horizon for him. But the player that he held up as his, uh, you know, the golden standard for how they develop players in Utica is Thatcher Demko. And, and his reasoning behind that was, you know, as he said, the, the Comets went on that uh, Calder Cup run. They made it to the finals. They, they lost uh, that year. But Jacob Markstrom was absolutely fantastic that whole season and he was an absolute monster in the playoffs for them and uh then he graduated to the nhl and thatcher demko came in as a rookie and played 40 some odd games and kind of took over for him and that's an incredible amount of pressure Mm -hmm. for a young rookie goaltender in his first year to come in and uh you know strap on the pads and and take on that workload and demko did it and uh as Ash said, you know, he put in a lot of time at the American League level. Some people might think it, that he had to spend too much time there. I know Botch was one. I know you were one yeah. um, who, who wanted to see Demko up sooner. But uh, as Ash said, you know, he, he put in the time, he did the work, and, uh, you know, his future is very, very bright with this team. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't surprise me one bit that uh, two former goalies get talking together and they just go off about 
Thatcher Demko, Mikey DiPietro, and Jacob Marstrom. I'm sure you guys talked about that <laughs> for probably half an hour of the 30-minute conversation. Uh, well, we'll wrap it up there, Corey. Um, we're going to be able to find that on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. Uh, if, if you read the first article of Corey's, obviously you guys know what's going to come for the next one. I'm sure it's going to be another massive one uh, coming our way. I'm very excited for it uh, because, yeah, like I said earlier, you're not even giving me quads, uh, any information on this. We're going to have to read it when it comes out, and you guys are going to have to as well. Um, anything else that you wanted to mention about the article before we wrap up here, Corey? Um, no, that's about it. I mean, uh, you'll you'll see what uh, all the little details of it. Uh, you know, when you read it, um, you know it's it's it was really nice for me to actually get the time to, to talk with Ash. I like any time that I get a chance to uh, to speak with anybody within the organization. Um, I really appreciate it. I absorb everything that I can because, uh, you know, there's only so many opportunities that we get to do this kind of a thing. And uh, when you get a chance to talk to somebody who's in the position that Robert Esch is in and somebody who's been around hockey as long as he's been in, um, you jump on it and you take it and you learn as much as you can and uh, and you try to pass that information on to the readers. And uh, I'm going to just try to keep doing that and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we've got some bright things uh, on the horizon in the future here. Uh, once hockey gets back up and going, I know that I've got some irons in the fire that I'm pretty excited about, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. And, uh, yeah, Quadrelli's been on these Zoom calls, and I don't know if you heard, but he uh, he showed up to the Tanner Pearson one this week uh, with Krusty Krab uh, from SpongeBob in his background. Uh, accidentally on a video <laughs> call. So you can hear that on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if Quads is anymore in the fire uh, after that stunt that he pulled. Uh, but we'll see. We'll move on from there. And uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on for riding the bus this week, Corey. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, guys, and thank you to Corey Hergott for joining me there for Riding the Bus. He's got an awesome article coming up here on the Patreon. Uh, thanks to everyone who signed up for the Patreon. It's the the nice tier if you want to get our articles. It's $1.69 uh, to get involved. Patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. I got my Goldoven piece coming out soon. As you heard Corey talk about there in Riding the Bus, he's got his piece with Robert Esch. Um, he had a great conversation with him, some amazing stuff in that article, and uh, we're happy to have Corey on there with us in the Patreon. Um, Quads, are you working on anything for the Patreon? Yes, but I don't know what. <laughs> I'm going to get to work on something. I just don't have a topic in mind yet. Yeah, I'm working on the Goldie piece. It's coming together pretty well, so I'm happy with that. Um Aside from that, uh, we did our Keeping Up With The Media this past week, Monday to Friday. We're not going to be able to do that every single week, but I think that there's a lot of people that are in the media that we want to talk to. Um, Cam Robinson we have to talk to because he's he's one of the best prospect guys. He's a friend of ours. We're going to get him on the show uh, very soon. Maybe J.D. Burke as well. I know Elite Prospects just released their draft board, uh, actually like today, uh, as we're recording this on the Friday. Uh, they just released there, so we'll maybe get JD on pretty soon. I'm sure everybody wants to hear JD. Um, and then we'll move on to next week. Uh, on Tuesday, I'll be sitting down with Ray Ferraro, which is going to be fun. He's going to be coming back on the show. Um, you know, We'll talk a little bit about what it's like being quarantined in BC, talk about Ray Ferraro's career a little bit. That's going to be an awesome interview. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just kind of keep continuing on with bringing out this type of content. We appreciate you guys that are supporting us on the Patreon uh, and yeah, that's that's basically all we got. It's been a little bit of a long episode. We thank everyone for the questions that they all sent in. That was a lot of fun, eh, Quads? Yeah, we should do that every week. Ask us anything. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a lot easier on us. So we appreciate it. Um, <laughs> appreciate everybody uh, that sent in the questions. That made it 100% better. Um, 
yeah, so especially Tessa. She sent in like 30 questions. So shout out to Tessa for the 30 <laughs> questions there. Uh, anything else you want to close out with, Quads? Or you just want to wrap it up, buddy? I think we're all good. I think we've had a good episode, man. Another another That's episode good. done remotely that we did pretty well on. I think so. Uh, I'm editing this one, so we'll see if it comes together as smooth as the one that you did uh, last week, which came together nice and smooth. Uh, and what's going to be your next background for your next Zoom call, do you think? Oh, man. Well, the ones I have downloaded. So I have The Office, like where they do the talking heads in the show. I have that one. So I could use that while I'm talking to whoever the next Canuck is on the Zoom call. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have the background that's used at the Travis Green press conferences. So I could use that as well. That would be brutal. That would be uh, hilarious. <laughs> what else do I have? I've got a couple nice like landscapes. Uh, I could do Joe Exotic. I, let's just see how I can embarrass myself next week uh, in front of an entire NHL organization. There you go. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. I wonder who the next Zoom call is going to be anyways. That should be fun for you guys. Uh, and yeah, we'll wrap it up there. If you guys want to rate and review the show, you guys can do it the easiest way, easiest way uh, on Apple Podcasts. Just search up Canucks Convo, click the app rate, or click the podcast right there. Go to review and give us five stars. That'd be fun. Uh, we've, we've done a pretty good job with our rating. I think uh, I appreciate everyone who has sent in a rating or a review on the show. Um, quads, we might be doing uh, maybe a little bit more streaming here pretty soon. I know some people have been tweeting at me to uh, get the stream going, uh, the Twitch stream a little bit more. So maybe you and I got to play some uh, some Warzone on the stream here pretty soon. I'm waiting for my webcam to come in. Then I'm going to get everything like fully set up now. Once Duos comes out, I am in. Like you and me, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. Otherwise, I'm probably going to get back on the uh, the NHL franchise that I started. I haven't played that in a couple of weeks. Um, aside from that, um, everyone, yeah, just you know, stay safe. Uh, hopefully, people aren't going out this weekend. It's a long weekend. Normally, this is like the weekend of the year where everybody gets out to parks and gets out to see family and friends. Uh, hopefully, everyone's staying indoors, uh, practicing social distancing, all that stuff. Because uh, the faster we do that and the better we do that, uh, the faster we get back to normal. And BC has done an amazing job uh, from what I've seen over the past little bit here. Yeah, like, dude, flattening the curve. I don't know. We can talk about it, but we have flattened the curve. And now we have a chance to actually bend the curve, which would just be awesome. So... Like, yeah, it's, it's good to see the number of cases because originally this thing was doubling every three days, which was the really yeah. concerning part of it. And now we're not really seeing that. We're seeing like 40 cases is the average on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's that's pretty good. Like, I don't know. It's better than New York. Yeah, most definitely. is, And, it, yeah, like the numbers are looking good. Um, just keep doing that, folks. Like, it, it's... I we all want to get back to regular life uh, as fast as possible, and you know the the better we can do. I hope that people are starting to understand it now. Uh, the better we can do this, the better we, the faster we can get back to regular life. So yeah. let's do that, uh, and um, we'll basically wrap it up there, quads. Unless there's anything else you want to add, I think I already asked you that. So you got nothing else to add? I got one more <laughs> uh, for my. Okay, go for it. Keep yourselves healthy mentally too. Like if you guys need to go get fresh air, go on your patio. If you don't have a patio, walk around your neighborhood. Just stay away from everybody. Like, I went for a walk in my neighborhood, and, like, if there was somebody walking toward me on the sidewalk, I would just cross the street or walk in the middle of the street. You know, I live on a pretty quiet road. But, um, like, just, <laughs> just keep – if you need to go out, and, you know, when I say need to, like, that doesn't just mean you have to go to the grocery store. Like, if you need to for your own mental well-being, which some of us do, just – be smart about it. Stay away from people. Like, if you need to go for a drive, I know some people like doing that, especially in this weather. Like, just just be safe. Just be safe. And just keep your distance. Don't do anything stupid. Like, just stay out of trouble, everybody. Excellent. Well put, Quads. Uh, for my co-host, David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber, and thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 